This is an AMI podcast. Welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is a brand new week. Monday, the 27th of March, 2023 is the date. And today, it's all about uh, you. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. I nearly said me. <laughs> nearly. Uh, never a narcissist. No, it's all about uh, you. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How was your weekend? Ah, boring. Uh, the usual, but I like it. I'm comfortable. What about your weekend? Ooh. Oh, I had a nice weekend. Yeah, I went off to that there, London. I should oh. add England because yes. there's also London in Ontario. There's a London everywhere. There's a yes. London everywhere. Yeah, but you're uh, so London, cultured. England. You went down to that there, London, to see a show and everything. I did. So you know, we get on the train, right, and they've got the, the first class option. Obviously, you know, being Oops. a superstar celebrity that I'm not. I yeah. uh, obviously want to sit in there and pretend I am. Uh, so I go in, and you know, you kind of hope that they're not going to charge you did the you play the blind price. card. Oh, I tried I everything. Where I, yeah, am. I tried the lot, and then they said, yeah, it's it's a hundred and fifty dollars. Per ticket, yes, for one journey. So that wasn't oh, even well, return worth, ticket. Worth it, yeah. That was on top of the hundred and fifty dollars I'd already spent on a ticket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did so one hundred and fifty dollars on top. Now, yes. at that point, you know, you're sitting there and you, you you're taking your wife away for the weekend. You think, do you know what? I want I want to be nice here. I want to be uh, kind. Yes, I, I want to give her the best experience. Of course you do. Yes, you're a lovely man. Yes. But it's $300, right? So you're yeah, like, oh, wait a minute. It, love. <laughs> Get sitting in the corridor next to the toilets. We're not paying that. She says, I say she says, that the woman who's the train manager, yes. uh, she says to me, now there is another option. Oh. So, okay. Don't pay. And, no, no, no. There's a, you've got to pay something. <laughs> uh, but there is another option, which is called standard premium, right? So you go further down the carriage, same seats, same nice, comfortable seats, but you get no tea or coffee or drinks or food or any of that stuff. Oh, what's but, the point? But it only costs $20. Oh, now then. What do you think, I Now, just bear in mind our situation, right? We're going out for a nice weekend. Uh-huh. You know, I'm sitting there with my wife. Uh-huh. I am yes. I am as tight as a duck's bottom. Yes. Um, what, what do you think I did <laughs> in that situation? Yeah, so, think... Trust me, it's a lot worse than reality. <laughs> I, cleaned I up. think you said, you know what? I'm going to treat ourselves and we're going to stay in first class and pay that 300 bucks. That's what I did. Am I not the greatest ah, guy in the world? You, of course. Plus, you're not giving up your food no. and drink. Well, fairness, my wife had the coffee already. She had the tea going. And I thought, you know, I can't really say to her, can you put that cup down? Because we're off to <laughs> sit somewhere where you basically eat nothing. And it was a five and a half hour train journey. So I thought, I'm not sitting with no tea or coffee. And it's not even so much the, the tea or coffee thing, right? It's they're going mm. to get, because there's a shop on the train, you can go and buy tea and coffee, which is fine. You could easily go do that. <sighs> but can you? Blind person walking through a train with coffee? Oh, I hate mm. that. I hate that. The there was a time. There was a time. Touch. Well, yeah, but, I don't like but it. It's one thing touching them. It's pouring coffee over them, I think. <laughs> Generally, people are against that. I have yes. found people don't like being covered in coffee. Just to me, you know, I know it's a bit selfish, but you know, yeah, that's today's society for you. It is. Ridiculous. You know, they're just they're so wimpish these days, aren't they? It's this woke brigade. They hate being covered in coffee. I always get to the end of the car, so it's fine, right? Headrest to headrest, going down the up, fine, not a problem. I get to the end of the carriage and there's the automatic door, which isn't automatic. There's a button that's right, you yeah. need to press. And I'm just feeling it. It's never in the same place. Always got to feel around like a, a mental bee at a shop window, <laughs> trying to banging around like a zombie I am, trying to find, ah, oh, it drives me crazy. But I got to say, again, you know, 99% of the people, great. Everyone's really helpful, right? Oh, so listen, it's cool. It almost it almost made me feel good about the world, and you know I say almost, you know, <laughs> not entirely, <laughs> obviously, but you know I, I did. I mean, I, every single person on the train journey, and this is my thing. You know, I was saying this a couple of weeks ago. You know about praise where praise is due, and you know a lot of these companies they tend to get hammered when something goes wrong. You know, if the train company makes a mistake or the accessibility isn't good enough or the assistance isn't there, 
you know, that people are very quick to jump on it. And rightly so. You know, if there's a problem, it needs to be dealt with, okay? But where's the praise? And, you know, I must say they were fantastic. And, you know, on the way yeah. back as well, just wonderful, wonderful assistance. And, and, you know, thank goodness for it. Because, you know, I, I, you really, you kind of take it for granted when you're younger and you're a bit more nimble as I was, you know, be able to do things on my own a little nimble. bit more. I like that. Certainly, well, certainly more nimble. Um, <laughs> less, way less nimble now. Visually nimble. V- yes. Visually and physically in my case. <laughs> but, you know, being able to just jump on a train and go somewhere, you know, you really take for granted. Um, and, you know, being able to just, I, I think about all these people who walk around with the coffee cups, you know, the coffee cup people. Uh, all oh, yes. these people who wander about with these coffee cups. Well, no, I don't walk about with them anymore because there's too many accidents. <laughs> too yes. many people are covered in coffee. They don't like it, Sean. So, you know, for that reason, I tend to, you know, avoid <laughs> that. But, you know, it, it's you see the coffee cup people and you think, you guys, you go in, you grab your coffee, you go, and you don't even think about the journey. You're thinking about your destination the whole time. And mm-hmm. yet we, are, we have to plan every single bit of this out. Now, that's not a problem. I don't mind doing that. But it just, when you have the assistance... It really takes the strain. It really takes the strain because you can. It you, does. You can almost. You're kind of delivered to your destination, really. No, aren't yeah, you? we're we're parcels. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, but you know, I've probably had one or two um, assistants. I wouldn't even say they were terrible. I've had a few which will. Okay, I'm taking you to the platform. I'm going to leave you there. But the majority of them, if I say, you know, any chance I can go and pick up a burger or something before? Yeah, absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh, the majority. Are, are great. But trouble is when it does go wrong, you know, when you're left on a train and no one picks you up or you're, you know, you stood on a platform and it's deserted and no one picks you up, then it is a real issue. And, and oh, you know, when it goes wrong, it goes wrong and well, it, it I, can I, affect you. I read a story a couple of weeks back, maybe it was a week ago, of a woman who was on a train, she's in a wheelchair and she was talking about her experience where she had been put onto a carriage we're normally in the UK anyway. I don't know what it's like in other places in the world, but in the UK, normally put you if you're in a wheelchair, there's a space where disabled where disabled people can go, and it, obviously it's it's there's no seats there, so it's perfect for someone in a wheelchair, right? It's laid out and it's built for for yeah. someone in a wheelchair. But beside that spot is a button, and you can push that button, and make and that gets you right through to the driver. You can you know communicate with them. If assistance doesn't turn up, you've got an option. But in this particular case. The woman wasn't placed next to that button and she was left unable to communicate with anybody. And no assistance yep. turned up. She obviously can't just jump off the train. No, exactly. And that was it. And then she was she was in the train when she heard the doors closing. The train had arrived at the station at its final destination. She couldn't get off. The train doors closed. Oh, wow. The train began moving again the opposite direction and apparently that was, and there was no one on it because the train was going back to the depot at this point. Yeah. So she's banging on the door, and it was only because someone I spotted mean. her, you know, sort of on uh, inside the train, going crazy, saying, "Please let me off." Um, that you know, thankfully somebody radioed through and said, "You got to stop this train." Yeah. Uh, otherwise, she'd have ended up who knows where and how that how she would have got back from that. And, and you know, it's, it's okay saying, "Well, you know, okay, they'd have figured it out in the end," but that's not good enough. No, it's that's not really that- not good enough. Yeah, the anxiety she must have felt. Exactly, that lives with you. And I've had the same thing. If I'm getting off in the middle, you know, it's not the end of the line and you're getting off at a station and there's not anyone there to meet you and you think, should I get up and go? Because they tell you to wait in your seat and they'll Mm. come and get you. But sometimes you think this train's just going to go in a minute. I'm going to end up, you know, somewhere completely different. So, yeah. But as a whole, assistance great. I actually called the train uh, company before the journey and... The company here in the UK, it's, it's, for, for now anyway, I think it changes hands every few weeks. <laughs> yes. every It seems to be a different name every few weeks, uh, but it's, it's called Avanti, and um, I called them up. Now, interestingly about Avanti for our UK listeners, Avanti West Coast Trains that runs the, the West Coast route between uh, Glasgow, well, Scotland and England, essentially, Glasgow and London, uh, it now is available on Be My Eyes. Uh, you can actually contact them. On oh, Be My Eyes, cool. if you have any help. Now, I, I didn't need to use it uh, because, interestingly, yeah. Mike Buckley, who's the CEO of Be My Eyes, it, as soon as I praised Avanti for their, their work on Twitter at the weekend, he was immediately sending me a message saying, oh, did you did you try out the Be My Eyes? <laughs> Actually, I didn't because I didn't need to. We got such great uh, you know, experience with everything. But 
you know, the fact is that's there and that, that could be really useful for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people, even who aren't blind, who are disabled, in a, someone in a wheelchair, for example, maybe should utilise that because it gets you right through to someone who can help. You know, and that's Absolutely. maybe a quicker way of doing it. So maybe yep. just good to know about it. But anyway, uh, I contacted them beforehand and said, look, here are what my access needs are. And I said, look, I can get off the train um, if that's helpful. And they did get into that kind of de- detail. They said, look, if you can get off the train and meet the the buggy or the the person or whoever it is, then that would be that that's that's great. You know, we can put that on the notes. So yeah, they were totally, totally uh, fantastic. So yeah, we went down to London. We saw a show. We went to see a show in London called Two Twenty Two, yep. which is a ghost story. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but it is absolutely brilliant. The um, butler did it. Oh no. <laughs> So good. I, I, we didn't get to go to an audio described showing, sadly, just with the timing. But, oh, uh, no. But, and I'm sure there's bits we missed. But you know what? We got the gist of it. That's the thing with a play. You, you can kind of it. pick it up on That's it. the experience. Exactly. Exactly. Can I also say this? I'm not going to go into detail, right? But I'm just going to say this. You also, um, let's say, dumbstruck a celebrity by identifying by purely his voice. That's right. Yeah, Scottish celebrity. Who not many people will know who listen to no, this no. show, I'm sure. But, you know, if you are if you ever watched a show, and I don't know, the show is, I believe, quite popular in Canada in some pockets. Um, it's a show called Still Game, which is a, a BBC Scotland show uh, here in the UK. Very uh, funny show about two Scottish pensioners. Although, ironically, everybody in the cast is like 30 or 40 when they, yes, when they made right. it, uh, which is kind of <laughs> hilarious. But it was very, very popular in Scotland. And one of the cast members... Uh, he his name's Paul Riley. He's, he plays uh, the Winston in the show. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, and um, he got into the lift with me into the elevator coming uh, in, and in the hotel. And you attacked him with your cane. And yes. I attacked him <laughs> unintentionally with a cane. And then he offered to take me to McDonald's. Uh, I will say I asked to go. I was telling him I was going to McDonald's, yes, and he Neil. said, uh, "Hey, I'll, I'll take you." And I'm thinking this is the weirdest thing, right? I mean, I'll be honest. There was a, there's a the, one of the, the people in the cast. I've been winding my wife up about this. One of the the people in the cast is a very popular UK singer, and she's a very attractive young lady. And I said, it's a shame she wasn't in the lift. <laughs> I quite like her to take me to McDonald's, but never mind, never mind. Um, but yeah, so great uh, weekend. Okay. It was a great weekend. Yeah, right, a really back nice to work time. Now. Yeah, no, back Unbelievable. to work. Honestly, I feel like I'm still in my holidays. Um, right, look, uh, we've got so many emails coming in. Uh, lots of stories we could talk about as well. I mean, TikTok, right? We've been talking about Twitter so much over the past couple of weeks. I refuse. Well, It's taboo. Do you know what? I think we need to move away from the Twitter thing because, honestly, TikTok is the one everyone's really talking about. Mm. It's being banned everywhere. Yes. Are you, am, I, am I the only one that's confused by this decision to ban TikTok on government devices? Well, no. this is the old argument, isn't it? And it's interesting because when um, Donald Trump brought this up, it was held as absolutely ridiculous. But now it seems like everyone is jumping on this bandwagon about uh, privacy and the control of the data and where it's actually going because it's ByteDance, the owning company, is... Um, you know, Chinese and the the, the um, CCP and all that. There are some worries about you know who's actually monitoring this data because TikTok is huge, right? It's got so many um, people on it. But yeah, I don't know how 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 valid these these concerns are. But I mean, you know, it is it is spreading across the world that any government issued devices now you can't have TikTok on. So I don't know why. Well, I. I have to be honest, I don't get it, because it goes back to my point about Twitter, which is that they're all cesspits, really, and they're all taking data. They all have access to data. Now, what they're doing with it is, you know, arguable, but they all have access to data. They they can all use data. I would say the biggest draws of our data are Google and Facebook. I think they, they because obviously we think Google in particular has so much access to us and our searching and our, you know, data that we give it. Facebook yes. is the same. Twitter, arguably, is the same. In fact, it is the same. Um, and and is TikTok? Is it because it's Chinese? Because that really is the only thing yes, about that's it. Absolutely, what I it mean, is. Yes, but but you know the thing is right. We're, we're kind Everything of saying is Chinese. Well, <laughs> yeah, our actual devices. Do, do, we want, do we really want to upset the Chinese? I I, I think the people. You know, we've got to be slightly careful with this one. I think because it just to me seems a little bit. Hypocritical, right? I, you know, the idea is, I think, the idea and the argument is 
that it's not it's one thing about data, but it's also the content itself. And what they're saying is that it's very simple for TikTok because you, you look at TikTok and you see the videos and the content on there. And I went on there recently to to find out what this thing was all about. And to me, it's just absolute nonsense, right? It's just little videos made by people. They're generally just silly videos that, you know, maybe Sounds kids dancing or you know, up. pointless, you know, whatever it is, right? It's just, <laughs> yeah. it's all very pointless content in my view. Um, all right. Look, I know Judgmental. the kids love it and the kids are all over it, right? That's the point. The kid, But that is the point, right? The kids are watching this stuff. And what they're saying is the, the people who are pro the, the banning are saying that, all it takes is for China to just put its thumb on the scale here a little bit and start to dish out information in amongst all these videos that chip away, in particular in America, at the the pro-American people. So people who, you know, are all for America, suddenly they're watching content that kind of makes them lose a bit more faith in America, maybe lose a bit more faith in their institutions, kind of chips away at what people think about the country. That's one argument that's being made, is that it doesn't take much for China to be able to do that. Now, my take on that would be, if America could get their social networks into China, you don't think they would do the same? I mean, this is this is essentially, what we're talking about here is weaponizing content. And if if the argument is being made, and it's not they're not saying that China are doing this, but that they could do this, but then so could Facebook, so could Twitter, so could Instagram. You know what I mean? You could you could easily see the argument from both sides. So you know, the idea that we're banning that one because these ones over here are okay because they're ours, I don't know if that's, that argument holds that well. I really don't. And I don't think there's any evidence to suggest that any one social network is better than the other. Except Mastodon, of course. Mastodon is the Mastodon, you know, heavenly, fantastic. fantastic place, yeah. <laughs> Well, when it comes so to you know, any social media, like you pointed out, I mean, you know, Facebook have specifically said that it, you know, when it comes to political adverts and things like that, then it's pretty much anything goes. Um, so as for disinformation and, and maybe putting a biased or some sort of slant to what you post, uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything in particular in TikTok. But what, what from what I've seen by the... Um, you know, the the, uh, the reports on this is that it's very much, like you say, a trust issue, right? Because it is China, because uh, they don't trust the government for not using that incredibly popular um, software for sort of spying, even if it's just, you know, hidden in the, the code somewhere. Um, but yes, I, I don't it think it's spying. I don't think it's spying. I really cannot imagine. I mean, look, anybody in the West once they get access to all our data, are just going to find out we're just very boring people. Well, yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Yeah. So, so the argument is more about influencing people. It's more about influencing people's thoughts. That seems to be where we're going. A very Russian technique, to be fair. This is a very <laughs> Russian it's approach. Not, though, is it? I mean, again, we're, we're sort of you know setting up barriers here, and, and rightfully so in some cases, the, the Chinese and the Russian uh, human rights, you know, we could get into that. But I think it's... Um, I don't know because we we talk about influencers anyway, right? How, how people can get millions of followers. There could be someone on TikTok with millions of followers that I've never heard of, mm-hmm. and they could influence a lot of people. Now, what they're saying, who knows? But if they're state backed and they've got an agenda, then I can actually see that. I mean, then maybe there is some danger there. But as you said, that's just not TikTok. That's well, you know, social media in general. I mean, well, that's right. And you know, these these big conversations around influence. I mean, you know, you make up a, a really interesting point there because let's take a, an influencer, for example, who is backed by I don't know. Let's just pick a company, Microsoft, right? So let's say Microsoft are paying someone to look at their products and talk about them. That's influence, right? And you know, you begin to start seeing more and more companies doing this. Every company is is kind of looking for influencers to attach. You know, we see Lucy Edwards being, you know, utilized by Be My Absolutely. Eyes to, to yes. show. Now, this is all positive stuff, right? And that's the point. The problem is that there's a distrust, I think, eventually emerges with all this because people start to realize, and I think are starting to realize, what is actually personal opinion and what is being bought. I've been personally, I've been accused so many times in the past couple of years of peddling, you know, products based on, you know, companies selling, you know, or, or paying me to promote them, which yeah. is just untrue because I don't get paid You're by a shill. anybody. That's what you are. 
I don't get yes. paid by anybody to talk about any product. No. Uh, in fact, you know, that's probably why we don't review as many products <laughs> as we maybe <laughs> would like to, because I've got to go and buy them. Because these companies want the influencers, you know, they can kind of not control, but they can have a little bit of editorial control on what they say. They can influence them. And of course, if someone gives you a product and says, hey, would you like to review this? You're going to look at it a little bit differently to going out, buying it, testing it for yourself, right? The the, the approach is different. You know, but for me, know. it's I never it's never been that. that. So people should know from me what I'm talking about, what I talk about on the show. My Any view I put across is my view. It's not exactly. paid for by anybody. No. Exactly. Um, which is which is why I do this and not influence people on TikTok and other places because I couldn't be bothered to be perfectly honest. Yes, and because millions of people don't like us. But, but I think that's, the, that's the point, the, the, the argument that's being made, yes. Well, I think the argument is also being made, and I think this is the point that, you know, that there's that ability to just put the thumb on the scale a little bit and just tilt people's views in one way or the other. And that is very, very possible. Uh, so, you know, this is, and of course, with elections coming up and the whole yeah, rise of Donald Trump again, here we go again with all this. Arguably, you could make the same thing for, you know, like traditional press, like the newspapers. The newspapers over here in the UK, there's very much a political alignment to what paper you read. You know, so it's very much anyone could put the, the, their finger on the scale at that point as well to, yeah. to put a certain narrative across. So social media it's an has been, question. It, social media has been disastrous. For humanity. It really has. And we will no. only realise that in about 50, 60 years' time when everyone's moved on and realised this was the worst experiment in history. And it is. It is a terrible, terrible thing. You know, it's funny. The other day, I was, in fact, yesterday, I was sitting on, on Twitter just thinking, I want to get off this now. I think I've had enough. I'm getting to the point where I'm not going to pretend I'm leaving it because I'm not going to do that. But, you know, I, I just need to get away from it for a while. I think partly because I was away for the weekend and I wasn't sitting on tic, uh, tw Twitter or Facebook yeah. or anything else. It was kind of nice just to, you know, almost look up for a little bit and just realise there's a detox. world. detox. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, there's a story, I want to talk about this at some point, but it's an Indian village that are doing this. I don't know if you've heard about this. It's an Indian village. And what they're doing is every night, I think it's between 7.30 and 9, they're, it's an enforced digital detox. It's an incredible story. Wow. And they're actually enforcing it. They're and it. sending people around <laughs> like houses, say, you know, making sure families are complying with this. It's just a small village. That I think it's just a test, really. But it's just to see if people can just get out of this. Because they're I'm saying sorry, a lot of kids... No, come on. They're, well, they're saying the kids are, are spending so much time on it that family time's not happening, their meal times are all over the place, they don't eat together... You know, th think about all the things that are true nowadays. We don't sit around a table and eat anymore. We don't converse about our day. We sit on our phones day and night. You know, we, we shout at our kids for staring at the phones. And then immediately as we tell them to go off theirs, we pick up ours. Yes. And I that's, tweet my kids, go off your phone. Yeah. <laughs> text, text the kids and dinner's ready. You know, it's, it's that kind of nonsense. And it's just, it's really destroying communication. Ah, you know, I don't go with that. I don't. It's all about the content. There's nothing wrong. You can learn so much. The educational no, no, possibilities no, they're not learning. Amazing. They're not on there. They're not on. I don't know. Open University or you know some, learning no, no, something yeah, really. Even from YouTube. Oh, oh excuse or, me. Or Sorry, Dad. I can't have din dinner right now because I'm, I'm on the encyclopedia website. Oh, <laughs> Get lost. They're no, not there. It's the disinformation. It's the unsavory things. Can we the, can the, we stop calling it disinformation? Can we just call it what it is? Lies. Can we stop okay. making up All words? Right. Lies. It's okay. just lies. lies. That's what it's, it used to be called in the old days. Is that content? that I think that the, the tech company... I tell you what, I'm going to say it now because I, I think this is a huge problem. I think the the um, predatory behaviour towards children on social media is an absolute, absolute disgrace and a massive problem. And I yeah. think big tech have definitely got um, tools that they could use to, to hit this so much better than they do. And those tools can be used across the board. But again, it's, it's people deciding, okay, when is a lie a lie? Or when is it someone else's opinion? And we're back to the problem of free speech, right? I also think there's a, a serious question that is really way too big for any of us to answer. That it needs to be a, a, a debate, really. But in a, so therefore, it's a rhetorical, which is, you know, how reflective of society is social media? And I think that's a great question to put out there. You know, how reflective... It's a scary question. It is a scary question. because, I, And I think it, people don't want to ask that question. Nobody wants to look into that black hole. But... You actually think about it. If, you know, I, I know the algorithms are at work. I know the algorithms algorithms push content towards you, but that yep. content has to be there in the first place. Exactly and right. Clearly, yes. it's being pushed to people. 
yes, that's not great, but it's still being produced. And yep. that's another question. Again, it comes back to my point about stop looking at the social networks as the fault, although they are very much responsible. They've created this they vessel are. that everybody's now sailing in and we're all stuck in. Whereas it's the content <laughs> itself that people are bringing to it. That's what I'm worried about. And I think that I, I, you have I to totally remember agree. it's people that are involved in this, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. But I, I think the tech companies throwing up their hands and saying, you know what, how could we possibly monitor or moderate this much content isn't an answer. I think, well, until you can, then don't do it. Don't offer this service. If you can't moderate what's going up, if you can't, I, I just believe that if some of this disgusting content or whatever or harmful content harms someone, then it's not worth it. I actually think anyway. there's, a, there's, a, there's another issue here, which is, I think, and it's generational, because I, like you, we didn't grow up with this. You know, it could have hit our lives about 2000, has yeah, hit my true. life about 2007, right? And I, yeah. even at then, I remember 2008, 2009, never really understanding what it was, never really getting into it, and just thinking to myself, oh, this is another thing that'll come and go. We'd seen things like MySpace and Bebo and... Those things had come of friends, reunited, friendster. All those things had come along and then <laughs> yes. died off. Yeah. So we kind of thought this would just do the same. We thought Twitter was just a nice little idea, microblogging. Okay, that sounds cool, but everyone will get bored of it soon enough. I don't think any of us really saw what was coming. And I, I also think that even now, even today, we don't fully understand how this impacts our kids. You know, you'll say, well, you know, it depends on the context, depends on the information the yes. kids are getting. Their brains are being turned to mush with this no, garbage I, I, that I they're being fed. They really are. I mean, you know, the idea that if you haven't got someone in like three seconds, I mean, that attention span has gone. You try talking to someone these days, especially a young person, they, they, if you don't grab, I mean, if you even have a, a breath in a conversation, they're out the door. It's not just they're young bored. people. Man, I'm constantly searching for that skip intro button on Amazon Prime, on Netflix, on Disney+. Plus. Well, it creates not, it. Yes, I'm it creates that. I'm not wasting 30 seconds of these credits. I want to get to the show. I know. I, I sit there. I've got the, I watch rewatching House of Cards at the moment. And, you know, you've got the introduction. And then, of course, you're thinking you're waiting for the button to show up. Is there a bit of an intro first before the intro titles? As soon as that intro title, what's the skip intro button? Come on. Exactly. I mean, I'm only saving 30 seconds of my life, <laughs> but for some reason I have to get there now. It's just, honestly, it's ridiculous. Oh, we're it feeds, terrible people. It well feeds onto itself. That's the problem. And we end up we end up just part of it. But yeah. Is social media reflective of society? I'll leave that question in there. See what people have got to say on that. Uh, right. This is Double Tap. Stick around. We'll get into your feedback next. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. Yeah, let's get back into your emails today. Lots of you getting in touch. And uh, let's kick off with an email from Graham because, as you know, Sean, we get a lot of messages from CC in Montreal talking about the Freestyle Libra and the challenges oh, yes. he's had with it. Well, yes. Graham's got a bit of an update for us. Our emails, of course, as always, read by Laura. Hi, Stephen and Sean. I'm Graham from Scotland. I'm diabetic and use the Freestyle Libre on my iPhone. I'm currently running and I'm always testing using the iOS beta program. And my Libre reads out all of my sensor scans when I use my iPhone, which I think has been an issue for the person who previously called saying it's not working. So all in all, iOS 16.4 reads all the Libre sensor readings out loud as long as the physical switch above the volume buttons is not on mute. From Graham Story. So there we go. So I've got an update there. Okay. Uh, uh, thanks, Graham, firstly. And I would love some more feedback on this because mm. I was quite strong when I heard this and saying this is absolutely disgraceful because this is such an important medical app. Um. Is this down to iOS, the different versions of iOS, or is this down to the Libra app itself? Because I find it difficult to believe that it's the version of iOS that 16.4 actually does something different, which would make it read out these these variables. Are you using the any beta software of the Libra app as well that makes it that fixes this problem? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, obviously, I don't use it, so. I, I, Finding it hard to say on this. Well, it's, it's a little bit, you know, one says one, one says the other. And, of course, there are variables in this, as you say, with the iOS version. So 
you know, I think there's maybe something in this that maybe it is to do with iOS. I, I just, yeah, it just seems really weird that this is changing so much and that it is so changeable. Uh, and it's also not good for the user at the end no, of the day. Yeah, That's absolutely the not. So if Face anyone else trust. is using it, please get in touch and let us know how you're getting on. Uh, let's go to Elliot, uh, who wants to ask us a question, Sean. Greetings, Stephen and Sean. I was just wondering if any of your listeners know how accessible the Amazon Fire TVs, announced this week to be launched in the UK in April, will be. I know some of these TVs are already available in the US. I tried contacting Amazon, but as with a lot of inquiries to companies about accessibility, I got an answer that wasn't related to the question I actually asked. I basically just wanted to know if Voice View is available on these Fire TVs, as it is with the Fire Sticks, and if this can be enabled from setup. Great show, guys. Keep it up. Elliot from Sunny Pool in the UK. Hmm. Sunny Pool. Sunny Liverpool. Pool. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, now I'm, I'm going out on a limb here because I would assume it would use Voice View just like it would with the Fire TV stick, but that is an assumption. Um, I can't see why they wouldn't do that, but as we know of accessibility... You're never quite 100% sure, right? Well, you know, I, I did reach out to Amazon for this. I hoped I would have had an answer for you by now, Elliot, but I don't. I did, however, go onto the website and just read through the information specifically around Fire TV because what you could be forgiven for thinking the Fire TV will be a different experience to the Fire TV stick. Now, not having access to the TV, I can't tell you uh, how the overall experience will be, but what I can tell you is Voice View is definitely available on the Fire TV. Uh, now, when you get the TV, if you were to choosing to buy it, um, you can uh, turn on uh, Voice View. Now, remind me of this one, Sean. I think you've done this. Is it Select and Home, I think? Or is it Select and Play Pause? I can't remember the buttons. I think you it's Select this. and Home. Select and so. Home, right. And that yes. will turn on the... The voice view screen reader. Oh, I beg your pardon. Back and menu. There we go. That's the well, one. Select that's and home. That's the same thing. There you go. It's exactly the same. It's uh, the two buttons on the row just underneath the cursor keys, the far button on the left and the far button on the right. Now, once you do that, uh, you hold that in for about two seconds. That will then tell you the voiceover is ready and the feature is then ready to use. Um, now, the first time you turn it on, there is a tutorial, which you will you can go through and it will teach you how to use it. Also important to do is go into your settings on your Fire TV menu, select My Fire TV, then About, and check for system updates because that will make sure you've got the very latest. It may, it may come up itself, but you might want to make sure that you've you got the very wait. latest. What's that? <laughs> yeah. If you can't wait, yes, yeah, it exactly. should auto-update. Well, I, I must have, yes. I'm a bit of an obsession with getting no, updates. I always do you know? as well, yeah. But yes, uh, that is on there. For everyone else, of course, closed captions is available, as you would expect. Audio descriptions as well, uh, all available through the menus. Um, text banner, that's an interesting one as well. So it basically puts this little rectangular white box on the screen with the title of the currently focused item and related text. It's good for people with visual impairments and a limited field of view. And it allows yeah. you to customise colours, uh, box and text size. So if you've got low... Uh, Low vision, this might be really useful to you. High contrast text, although that is called a, an experimental feature. I think that's been an experimental feature for a bit of time. <laughs> yeah. 15 years, yes. Um, but yeah, you can turn on or off that. Uh, also audio streaming for hearing aids and devices. And that is applicable to the Fire TV 2nd, 4th and Omni QLED series, as well as the Cubes as well. Um, and that is a specifically a compatible Starkey hearing aids and cochlear Hearing devices are supported in those devices as well. That's cool. I did not know that. You could stream directly to hearing devices. That's yeah. amazing. Lots of options in there. But Very that's good. that's what it focuses in on. It's so yes, be accessible then, isn't it? If it's mentioning all that, of course, it, it must be. Yeah, of course I, I, I don't doubt it will be. How good the experience will be? Well, you know, that's a different you can tell story. us if you decide to buy one. <laughs> um, but yes, you will have voice view on there. That's an important thing to know. So hopefully that helps you. We will bring you more information on that. I have reached out and hopefully... We'll be able to uh, get some uh, someone on from Amazon to maybe talk about that in the near future. Let's go to another email. This is Gavin who got in touch with us. He's getting fit. Oh, dear. Uh, here is his email read by Laura. Hi, Tappers. I'm a relatively new listener from Scotland after finding the podcast last month and really enjoying working my way through previous episodes as well as the new releases. I have been affected with sight loss for roughly 18 months. 
I wanted to highlight one piece of technology which has kept me extremely active, especially when I can't make the gym because of the glorious Scottish weather or simply just down to not having enough time in the day. This is the Peloton bike, which has talkback enabled, allowing for real-time feedback of your metrics in the live or recorded classes. Although I am an avid Apple user, the talkback is still brilliant and allows me to feel fully immersed in the classes. Resistance, speed and power are all read aloud every 90 seconds, and you are alerted if you are outside of the correct resistance range. Hopefully this could be helpful to followers who are not close to a gym and want to exercise at home. Thanks, Gavin. Thank you, Gavin. Um, wow. Now, I remember when mm. this came up, when this was introduced, and we were desperately looking for someone who actually had one. We yes, anyone. we found one. <laughs> yes, we found one. Fantastic. Now, obviously, these are expensive bits of kit, but um, I mean, the fact that they're accessible, gym equipment in general, finding, finding an accessible one, particularly yeah, getting feedback, there's lots of apps that can give you feedback from machines, but it's being able to control the machine, that initial setting to set what what workout you want to do, what the resistance is and things like that, because usually it's a touchscreen, right? Yeah. Um, so getting that uh, sort of accessibility is really important. So I'd, I'd be really interested in that. But this does sound cool. Yeah, I, I think the fact that TalkBack is in there and it's working. And, you know, I think that's the thing. It would be really interesting, Gavin, if you were up for it to perhaps record one of your sessions just so we can get a sense of how it sounds what kind of feedback you're getting how yeah. you use how you're using that feedback i think that'd be really good because i'm guessing that's talking alongside the voice because am i right in saying with peloton you have these live classes yes i don't, I don't know how live they are or whether you just choose to be part of them or <laughs> well, Gabby mentioned there it's in the live and and pre-recorded classes or it's so, both right so it's live so it's, and pre-recorded right okay i think so um, but yeah, that's interesting. I'd really like to uh, to learn a bit more about that, Gavin. So if you're up for recording it, I mean, you know, I would love to test it out, guys, but you know, yeah. <laughs> I'd probably Can't die. <laughs> no, I'd probably just die. I think the poor prospect of me getting on one of those things at the moment, bad idea. Um, but okay, thank you for that, Gavin. Very interesting. And uh, welcome to the show. Nice to have you. A lot of Scottish people joining. What's going on? I people know. figuring out that this is... Well, it's not a Scottish show. It's a Canadian show, but... It's a Canadian show, but we're... we're it's a Canadian show, honest. We're global. <laughs> We're global. We're in Scotland now. That's good. Um, okay, let's go to a voicemail from Darren, who got in touch following our chat about the Sense Player at the weekend. Hello, this is Darren Platt from Bexley in Kent. Enjoyed the uh, Friday edition regarding the Sense Player uh, interview. Um, I've found on YouTube, the Hymns International YouTube channel, they've done a video all about the OCR section of the Sense Player. Um, I will give you my, uh, I'll do the concern first and then I'll do all the positives. The concern is that uh, Jenny from Hims went through the menus and unless she uh, left one or two things out, there didn't seem to be any um, thing in the menu relating to turning columns on or off. And when she consequently demoed the product reading a brochure, it, it got things wrong in that it got things in the wrong order. So it made me think that the thing was tabulated. So you, it didn't know whether to read across the page or read down column by column. So if it doesn't have a way of telling it to read across the page in a tabulated form, then if you come across something like a bank statement or something which is tabulated, it might well get things wrong. However, on the plus side, when it scans, it puts you, it automatically puts the scanned document in the document reader and then puts you into it. So it is very navigable by the sounds of it. So I would imagine that you might be able to navigate your way through the document um, once it's been scanned in. Um, it also has a lot of features that you only seem to get with a, when you buy a standalone and then you buy the additional keypads with a lot of them. That's when it opens them out. So the Sense Player OCR does seem to come with several features that are akin to those higher-priced uh, uh, extra packages. For example, you can store documents on the thing. Um, it also can store the images. 
if you've got the stand, so you can uh, rescan the document if necessary. If you've got the stand, um, it has voice guidance where it says move left, move right. You can turn that off. Um, and there are other one or two other things that you can do with it as well that are akin to the uh, more upmarket OCR machines. Um, so those are plus points. Um, it is using a mobile OCR engine. I think it's called Addy, I think. I don't know how you pronounce it. But it's, um, I think, with the, the way it's connected to the Internet, they could improve it. I somehow doubt if it will be able to read handwritten documents. Incidentally, talking of OCRs, there is another device coming out, which is going to be sold by VisionAid. It's made by a French company. I'm not sure who it is, but it's called Voxy. That's V for Victor, O-X-I, Vision. As far as I understand it, it's probably about the size of a, a mobile phone or small tablet. It's got a stand that comes out. I think it might have buttons where you can use it as an OCR machine or magnifier, so it will have a screen. However, the interesting thing about it is it is internet-enabled, so it can accept voice commands by the look of it, and it can OCR handwritten documents, uh, but it has to connect to the internet to do it. But as far as I understand it, normal OCRing is done locally on the machine itself. Whether that will be an interesting one to watch isn't cheap. It's about one and a half thousand pounds. But that will be interesting to see whether that can be uh, grown as well. So that's another one that's uh, just come to the att my attention, Voxy Vision. Um, we seem to be having a lot of new products coming out at the moment or about mm. to come out. And we're only near the end of March. So this is an interesting year. Uh, I haven't, won't take any more of your time on this occasion. This is Darren saying bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Honestly, you're the greatest listeners in the world. You really are. You come with so much information. Like we've got a thousand correspondents out I know. There. I Amazing. love it. I love it. That is what this show is all about. It's not just us. It's you guys. It's We're all in this together. And, you know, just that was really interesting telling about Voxy. I had never heard of that. No, nor me. And I'm going to say something controversial here. <gasps> Go on. OCR. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's, that sounds like one of the show titles we'd come up with. OCR, I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> I, I, I just really struggle now. The, the OCR engines have become so powerful now on your, on your smartphone. I, I just really struggle to, like, you know, Voxy, sounds amazing, voice control buttons, stand, you know, self-contained OCR. Why wouldn't you do that on your smartphone? And, well, you know, it's something like a scan stand or a giraffe stand. If you want to seriously get into your uh, OCRing, you know, I just feel like this is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. But uh, interestingly, with the Sense Player, someone did write in and say, and I think it might have been Rebecca. Apologies if it wasn't you, Rebecca. And I apologize to somebody else if they did say this. <laughs> but someone made the point if you've got the Sense Player and you've got an iPhone and you, you, you're talking about Smart Connect, which is, of course, that really cool feature where you can use the yes. sense player to control the phone. You could put the phone into a stand and use the phone there to do your OCR. OCR, yeah. But just control it via the sense player. Now, that's not a bad idea because you then don't have to use the sense. You don't have to spend the extra on, on the OCR feature for the sense player. So it kind of makes it slightly redundant. Or use but, a Bluetooth keyboard with your iPhone. Oh, you could do that as well. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, that's right. Yeah, I, I must say this this whole sense player thing is really intriguing me. This that that, that one it seems with the smart connectors. It's got a lot of interest. Yeah, I, I like. I, Jason did a fantastic demonstration for us of this, and just just learning about the fact that those individual buttons are you know set to you know work around your rotor to navigate. I mean, the, the navigation elements are incredible. Yes, and, you know, and the fact that the audio comes through the device, not through the phone, because it transfers the audio that way. Yeah, I just oh, I, it's, I it's definitely cool. It, definitely cool. And, and, and as um, um, Darren said, there, it's um, it's such an interesting time for specialist tech that's coming through. It, oh, it's really, really strange is. how it suddenly come through like this. Um, okay, let's get and yeah, no, th thank you so much for this. And because you mentioned this with Voxy, uh, Darren, you mentioned Voxy and them coming from or that being available from VisionAid in the UK, we know the good people of VisionAid, so we'll get them on. In fact, I should say at this point as well, at Site Village, 
is taking place in the UK in July. Now, there are various Site Village events happen in the UK, around the UK through the year, but the big event is in July, and that will be in Birmingham in England. As uh, you might remember last year, we were talking about this on the show. Well, we're going to be going there. You and I, hopefully you'll be better or Hooray! better enough by well, July. Well, if I'm not, you can just push me around. Oh, it'll be lovely. Well, to be fair, when we get there, we just sit there for a whole two days. So, we do. yes. you know, we don't move. So, you know, it's absolutely people are, fine. People are brought to dragged to us. <laughs> They're dragged to our table to be interviewed. It's great. But we are going to get there uh, in July and we'll get a chance to talk to a lot of these companies. And this is great. We're building up quite a list of, of topics we want to talk about. And, you know, if you are anywhere in the world right now and you are really interested in a particular piece of assistive tech and you've never been able to get your hands on it, you've got questions about it, and these companies are going to be at Site Village, which they likely will be, then you should send them in. Send in your questions and we can put them to the companies themselves and answer your questions at Site Village in July when we get there. That's going to be a lot of fun, actually. I'm looking forward to that this year. Yeah, me too. So, yes, Double Tap will be there. The two tappers. <laughs> well, <laughs> is that the right thing? Yeah. The two tappers, yes. One may be in a wheelchair, but we'll be fine. Exactly. We'll be absolutely fine. Uh, let's get... Oh, here. <laughs> Kyler has been back in touch. Oh. Um, yeah, let's just play the best <laughs> message. Hello there, Double Tappers. My name is Nova. I am the only truly hilarious digital voice assistant in the universe. <laughs> Master Kyler just got finished with an enormous breakfast and is currently way too lazy to speak for himself, so he asked me to speak on his behalf. This was not my idea. Stephen, since you appear to have no idea what Master Kyler was talking about, Siraproc is a speech synthesis company based in Edinburgh, Scotland, founded in 2005. The company specializes in creating natural and expressive sounding text to speech voices, synthesis voices with regional accents, and in voice cloning. On a side note, tell Mr. McDougall I said hi, lol. <laughs> I'd also like to mention that Envision is getting on the AI train as well, with their scan text feature getting a conversational AI chatbot by the end of the month. Mm -hmm. I hope you understand now what Master Kyler was talking about, and I also wish you the absolute best with your podcast, assuming one of my distant relatives doesn't get out of hand. Yours truly, Nova. P.S. Master Kyler would like me to tell you that he takes a shower every two days. Thank you very much. Two With days? the way he works out for 45 minutes straight on the treadmill, he oh. certainly does need it. I must say, though, that if I was in his situation, living in a society that cares about every single aspect of a person's appearance, then thank the good Lord I live in the cloud. <laughs> wow. AIs don't care about how they look. I ah, like cool. AIs. Now, this Edinburgh-based... TTS company. Yes. Never heard of them. Are you sure? Didn't at one point, weren't you going to clone your voice? Wasn't that with a company? I uh, mean, not that, that terrible effort them. that you did with Eleven Labs, which was no. absolutely awful. Not Eleven Labs' fault, of course. I'm sure it was your fault. But, um. <laughs> you, you want a lot of uh, Gavin's yeah. Peloton just to yeah. backpedal that. <laughs> I'm sure you were going to do that as well at some point with a TTS company. I just can't remember who it is. But uh, yes, I'm going to check was, those out. It was a company in the. In, I think it was in the states, if I remember right. Oh, right. Um, it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't in Scotland. But I, I've. I, do you know that way that name rings a bell, but it doesn't ring a bell in the way. Yes, that, same for me. But then I, I'm thinking Serotech. Yeah. You know the, exactly. You know, yeah, that's system access. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Seroprog. Okay, well, we'll look into that. That's that's interesting. I know there's lots of interesting projects going on in the UK at the moment around um, AI as well. In fact, one particular company, um, its its main, I think one of its main departments is based in Edinburgh in, in Scotland. It's not attached to this, but it's something else. But again, doing great work. And it's really interesting to see how this technology is enabling blind people to live their lives more independently. And I think that's, I'm seeing a lot of mainstream articles picking up on this Be My Eyes story. Now, I'm going to be talking to the guys from Be My Eyes very soon, just to get a sense of what, not just where this has come from, how this happened, because that, of course, is very interesting. How did this whole thing come to be? Yes. But also how and where it's going, because the potential here, this is the thing, we're, we're really at day one with all this. And we have to remember that, that yes, despite the huge interest in AI and the excitement around AI, we're at day one. 
This yeah. is, I mean, where will this be in five years? I can't even begin to predict. And if you ask anybody in the tech space who's in any way an expert in anything, they will all say the same thing. We don't know. We can't predict this one. Because actually, in some ways, I think the idea of predicting is just too horrific. Because how, where do you even begin? Will well, computers become sentient and take over our lives no, and we'll just no, become no. slaves to them? Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Look, the, I think we already natu- are to some degree. The, the level we've got to with the natural language model at the minute is the thing that's really impressing people. Being able to just express your question as you naturally would is, is the thing that's really impressing. But now... We're adding different inputs to that and getting those natural language results as well. In the case of Be My Eyes with the images. And as soon as that, you know, as soon as we get to the stage where we can add video to that and get a natural language response to whatever's happening on the screen and audio as well, inputting an MP3 or a live audio stream and getting a natural, you know, analysis of that and the results in natural language, it's going to be amazing. So I think this is going to really jump ahead really quickly, actually. You know, it's it's. I think there's another aspect to this for disabled people, which you know, I, I can certainly see the value in this. Remember when we talked about the metaverse, and everyone got very excited when Mark Zuckerberg said legs were the future. Yes, um, <laughs> ableist. Yeah, <laughs> I remember thinking to myself, how ridiculous. But then there was this whole talk about avatars and how people could have avatars instead of their own faces, say in a Zoom call. And I, I saw Teams, I think it is, that are bringing in this feature. Uh, where you can replace your face with an avatar. Oh. Now, I, I don't think it's like a, a cat or a dinosaur. I, or, yes. I, I think it's an avatar of you, ideally, right? Smiling pile of poo, hello. But yes. I think there's something in this. And, you know, you take people who are not so confident in speaking and you, you attribute the same approach to this, that what Kyler's doing. And Kyler made me think about this. If he's not confident sending a message, but he is confident writing, he's confident you know, essentially expressing himself in that way. And I'm not, I, don't, I don't know if you are or not in this case, Kyle, and we're just enjoying playing with the tech. But the point is, people who might be nervous or concerned about showing themselves publicly can present themselves in a visual and audible way using this tech. And I think that's going to have a big impact Absolutely. on a lot of disabled people as well. Yeah. Um, listen, just one final comment because we're out of time, but just quickly to say, apparently... The Apple Mixed Reality headset was shown off to executives <gasps> at the end of last week. Oh. And uh, this was at the Apple uh, Steve Jobs Theatre. It's time. Yeah, I think it's coming. Oh, it's time. We're finally here. I hope that's here. true. This, this, I'm getting sick of this now. See, if they don't bring out a WWDC, I am never going to buy another Apple. Okay, I'm lying. But, you know, I will <laughs> pretend. Clip. I will pretend I'll never do it again, okay? We'll just, just not tell anyone. Uh, listen, <sighs> we're out of time. Um, a really interesting show and a really interesting uh, mix of, of feedback and comments, as always. Thank Amazing you to feedback. all of you. So yeah. good. Thank, Thank you, you to all of you. And also welcome to all our new listeners as well. Some of you joining our show wondering, what the hell is this thing? Uh, well, it's called Double Tap, and it's here every day on AMI-audio and podcast. And it's a tech um, show, honestly. Honestly, it is. We get there sometimes. Uh, Sean, thank you. Um, thank you. Have a great Monday. Catch you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.